I'm Kelly Harrell, author, modern animist, and creator of The Weekly Rune. Solentin Arts is my soul-tending practice, and you're listening to What in the Weird, my podcast in which I talk about runes, animism, soul-tending, and how each of those intersects through sacred activism on my path. The Weekly Rune is out, and if you're not sure what it is, it's a runecast that I've done for years focused on the runic calendar and the current half-month rune. You can find the archive of all of the runecasts on my site, solentinarts.com, and if you're not sure what a half-month is, listen to the early episodes of What in the Weird, or just go read the weekly rune at Solentin Arts. It's explained at the beginning of every runecast. I want to thank all of my Patreon supporters who make the sharing of my rune work through the RuneCast and this podcast possible with their financial support. If you'd like to support the Weekly Rune, you get access to the full RuneCast, no ads, more details on the RuneCast, weekly prompts for engaging the half-month rune in your personal work, and a Galder recording for how to work with the Weekly RuneCast through chanting. You can contribute as little or as much as you'd like, and the rewards scale according to what you'd like to receive. And if you don't want any rewards, you just want to show your support, you're welcome to do that. Go to patreon.com and search for The Weekly Rune. You can also subscribe to the free version of The Weekly Rune by going to soulintentarts.com. And thank you so much for doing that. This week, we move into Ollie's. I know people pronounce it all kinds of different ways. Bear with me. This is the way it comes correctly out of my mouth, but you really should go with the pronunciation of it that works for you. So, Ollie's. And it, it shines light on the protection in our lives through our nature relationships. If you haven't read The Weekly Rune, which did hiccup this morning, though it's resolved, everybody should have it in their inbox in the morning, but it is posted on the website, go check it out at solentinarts.com and you'll get the base understanding of Ollie's and how it weaves protection and nature spirits together. Okay, so we're going through Ollie's. Through this shape-shifting synergy of protection and our immediate animistic community, Ollie's creates this impenetrable, in, I can never say that, impenetrable, I shouldn't say it then, this really, really strong bond that sustains us through life. And of course, it's all about relationship, direct relationship, which really means that before we can just leap into this like nature spirit relationship thing, we have to have good relationship skills to start with. And I can tell you that the weaknesses you have in your human relationships will be the same ones that you have in your nature-spirit relationships. I know, right? Modern humans, particularly under the New Age rubric, we have this romanticized fantasy that animals, because everybody assumes when I say nature-spirit that I mean animals, wrong, Everybody um, assumes that there's this romanticized component, this fantasy that they can turn their backs on people, on humanity, and still be a solid animist. Or that they can find their bonds only with animals or nature spirits or trees or whatever. And maybe a rare few people can. Though I can bet you 
that even the people who do that, even the people who go off the grid and live completely in the wild, they're successful in their nature spirit connections because they didn't just diss humans. They stood in some knowledge about their relationship with humans that they took into their nature spirit relationships. There was some sort of wisdom with people that they realized they had to take into their relationship with animals and they somehow make it work. Not many people are capable of that. So yeah, where you're not strong in your human relationships, you won't be strong with your nature spirit relationships. You can't evade intimacy with any aspect of the runes, to be honest, but absolutely with any aspect of animism. That's the whole freaking point. And that's what all of this comes down to. People often think that nature spirit relationships are about getting their needs met. I mean, they do it with everything. I see it all the time. Like they approach their spirit guides because they need X, Y, Z. They want input. They go to their God or goddess. They make an offering. They create a ritual because they need something. It's a very one way relationship. And so when there's no reciprocity, no respect for the nature being beyond what it provides, I'm not sure how your human relationships work, but I've never had success with that model. And I've been there. No shame. Well, okay, a little bit of shame, but I learned. And that's the whole point. We have to learn how to have healthy relationships with our people, our human people, and with our nature being people too. And I teach a full class on this. It's called Working with Nature Spirits. Not very original, I know. But the coursework is. It's not your usual, hey, what's your animal totem class. It's the real deal, Western, broken path person trying to fulfill their personal calling and not step on anyone else's toes, including the toes of our fellow nature beings. And yes, I know that was a mixed metaphor. My point is, you can learn how to do this. So what does a healthy relationship look like? Like just in general, these are my four big points. First and foremost is reciprocity. It's not just about your needs. You have to be willing to engage the needs of your other, and in this case, your nature spirits. Do you know what the needs of your immediate nature spirits are? Do you know what they are physically, seasonally, practically? What about emotionally or energetically? What do you do to meet them? Like, do, you know, do you state your needs? Do you know what your needs are? How is the reciprocity shaping up in your immediate animistic community? And buzzword, not these, can help you with this one. The second thing is to stay teachable. Listen, observe, stay willing to learn. When you think you know it all, enter conflict, thus crisis. Stay teachable. The third thing is witnessing. You don't always have to do stuff. You can just be there, really, fully there. And sometimes the most profound and profoundly shaping personal work isn't done when you're constantly exchanging something, but when you're just able to show up for somebody else, when you're able to show up for a nature being and witness. And the fourth thing kind of sums up all of this the work that I do is based on this, and that is tending. You don't just woo once and you're done, right? 
I mean, you don't just show up with a box of candy and flowers and you're good to go. That's not how life and relationships work. That's not how they work with nature spirits either. But you can bet there is wooing. A relationship requires sustained, ongoing, everything above that I just mentioned, an ongoing assessment, willingness to adjust based on the current needs and boundaries. So reciprocity, stay teachable, witnessing, tending. These are base points of a good relationship. They're not all of it, but they're a good place to start. How do you apply them to your nature spirits? What if they don't respond? What if they don't care? We have this perspective in modern shamanism that it boggles my mind, to be honest, but that's why I choose to do things differently. Generally, these four, four points never get mentioned in the conversations that I see around engaging nature spirits. There's just this perspective that they are ready and willing and they've been waiting for us and you know, all we have to do is tell them what we need. Again, never had a relationship that worked that way. Zero expectation that it's going to work that way with nature spirits right off the bat. If you're not engaging in reciprocity and just assuming that you know what your animistic community needs from you without asking, that doesn't work either. <laughs> How well has it gone for you to project what your significant other needs? Not so great, I'm guessing. It won't last long that way. The relationship with nature spirits will not sustain. And there are different kinds of nature spirits. And I don't mean some are birds, some are elements, some are dirt or entire mountains. I mean, I don't see that conversation happening much either in modern shamanism. I see a lot of, I walk with buffalo and I have brown bear. It's always the Benabum. And if you don't know what that means, head to Solentent Arts. I mean, yeah, there are those those groups, but there are other groupings of nature spirits that tend to be forgotten. And, you know, one of them is that little rosemary plant that you yourself put in the dirt and tended and grew, maybe even from seed. Some are rocks that are thousands of years old. It's not the same as dealing with that little rosemary. Some are long gone humans that have stayed on the land as land elders. Ask me about those. Some are actual totems, which are not the same as general nature spirits. Again, if you really want to inform yourself, take the class that I teach, Working with Nature Spirits, so you don't offend the shit out of indigenous people or more than we already have. My point is, if you really want to step into a strong place with all yeast, educate yourself. Make a real effort to understand the bioregion that you live in and then to create a relationship with that animistic community. It's going to require knowledge on multiple levels. And if you do, just kind of show up in this thousands-year-old conversation that has been happening all around us forever and just think you can interject your needs and make demands on these beings you're going to wonder why that relationship eventually dries up because that's not a relationship. And the protection of all ease comes from truly, deeply, intimately bonding with your animistic community. A couple of weeks ago, I asked for all of you to submit your questions about the runes. It's been a while since I did a Q&A. 
So thank you to everybody who responded to that. And it's funny because most of the time the questions that I get all boil down to the same base questions. So I've got a couple that I want to talk about today. And the first one is one that we've kind of talked about a bit already. And I mentioned this in uh, Runic Book of Days. And that is, how do you pronounce the elder runes? The short answer is nobody knows. The only pronunciation guides that we have are based on legacy words in Nordic languages and from the runes as they're mentioned in the later Futharks. Like any actual precedence we have about the elder runes actually comes from the documentation we have on the later Futharks. So we're kind of extrapolating and looking back. We don't really know how it would have been pronounced, and we don't completely know what they mean. They're just high-level guesses that are eh, probably pretty good, but nonetheless not concrete. And second, keep in mind also that the Elder Runes were an alphabet. They were not a language. I see a lot of people... Um, you know, ask things like, how would this have been spelled in Elder Runes? How would I write this out or my name or I'm going to get a tattoo? And the answer is always phonetically. I mean, there, there are a couple of guidelines within that, but ultimately the runes are a phonetic alphabetic system and that's all they were originally. And the next question is a really interesting one. It's how sacred is casting and is it always a ceremonial act or can it be casual? I think the short answer is it's as sacred as you want it to be. The runes period for me are sacred. So anytime I'm approaching them, I'm a little bit altered. I'm slowing down to be fully present for how I'm going to engage with them so that I can listen and be responsive to what they need to say to me. Um, and in that regard, for me, they're always sacred. In terms of how you're using them, how you're integrating them into your life, I don't think it always has to be ceremonial. Ceremonial does not equate to sacred for me. Like I brush my teeth. It's, it's somewhat ceremonial. I'm really grateful for having teeth. I'm grateful for having um, ways to keep them clean and good dental care. So it's ceremonial in a way, but it's not necessarily sacred for me. Um, you can approach using them in a ceremonial way that is however it needs to fit your needs. It can be casual. It can be sitting in your car on your lunch break. It can be very elaborate in which you have pulled fetishes into a very specific spatial arrangement to meet certain um, aesthetic needs and etheric needs of, of you know, whatever it is that you're focusing on. It can be extremely elaborate. It can be very simple. It does not have to be an extremely in-detail approach. The runes really don't require any of that. And I think ultimately, it's how you're holding yourself internally. It's how you're holding your internal space, meaning setting an intention, being fully present, making sure that you're listening, making sure that you're not projecting into what the runes have to say to you. It's really about the internal space for me. And so again, 
even if I am sitting in my car at my lunch hour and I, I just need to take a short time to sit with the runes, it's still sacred to me. I think it's all highly personal. That's it for this episode. If you have questions or insights about working the runes in season or you just need a cheerleader, feel free to email me at kelly at solentonarts.com or you can call in through the Anchor app, which is how I record What in the Weird, and you can download Anchor on Android or iPhone. Also, check out earlier episodes by downloading them from Google Play or iTunes and all those other platforms for podcasts. If you get a chance, check out Everyday Animism, which I co-host with a couple of other lovely ladies, Brandis Schnabel and Janet Roper, which is also on Anchor. And other podcasts you may enjoy are Around Grandfather Fire, hosted by James Stovall and Sarah Odinson, and Why Shamanism Now, hosted by Christina Pratt. You can learn more about me and my work by visiting solentonarts.com. And I'm most active on social media at Instagram at Kelly Soul Arts. I'm Kelly, and this has been What in the Weird.